Welcome to Culture Bites, where we take culture theory and turn it into everyday insights. We're powered by Human Synergistics, and our mission is to change the world one organization at a time. We can only do that together with our amazing community, so thank you for listening. Welcome to Culture Bites. My name's Dominic Gawley. I'm a consultant with Human Synergistics Australia, and I'm joined on the show this week by our head of consulting, Corinne Cantor. Hey, Corinne. Hey, Dom. How are you? I'm really well, and we're continuing our journey on causal factors. We so are. What are those things that we do that shape the culture, that send those messages about what's expected around here? Today, we're going to look at reinforcement systems. So this is sort of a subset of the systems category that we have, and it's really looking at you know how do we do appraisals? What do we reward? What do we punish? Right? And really, how do we go about that stuff? And therefore, what message does it send? What I would love for you today, Corinne, the, the way I'm thinking about these episodes is, you know, I'm a member of a team, I'm a team leader or a department leader or maybe an organizational leader. We've just got our results. It says that this is an area that we should be working on. What are some things I should be aware of about why it matters? And then what are some things we should be doing or thinking about if we're going to approach this and work on it. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds good, Dom. Maybe we start from the top then and just sort of a bit of a, a definition. So if we just go maybe kind of start with the appraisals, what are they? What's the role they play in sending those cultural messages and expectations? Yeah, I think we start with the concept of a reinforcement system. So what these three sort of reward and recognition and use of punishment and performance appraisals, what they all have in common is their mechanisms that will either send a message to people that their effort makes a difference or it will send a message that their effort doesn't make a difference and doesn't have any impact. Now, of course, if you're wanting to increase levels of achievement in organisation, if you want to increase satisfaction from getting the job done, then you need to help people feel that their effort matters and that they're doing something meaningful. And so when it comes to a performance appraisal and the way it's framed in the in the diagnostic is really about evaluating performance. So on the basis of which of how you evaluate right. someone's effectiveness, I guess. Mm. And so the focus is on fairness, on the degree to which you will be evaluated with regard to race, sex or age, and also that the judgments will be based on objective and real measures of performance versus a subjective personal judgment. Now, right. to my mind, the performance appraisals, and they come in many, many forms, it's almost like the kind of format that you adopt can say a lot about the organisation culture. Mm. But one of the things that I think is super important that people need to understand, let's get under the format, let's get below the surface of the mechanism itself, is it's really about setting goals, A, for people. And a great performance appraisal starts before the appraisal. It starts right. in the goal setting. Setting goals that actually are within people's ability and capacity to achieve. Yes, and even within their sphere of influence and stuff. Yep. Exactly. So it's within their sphere of influence. And so when you do that, then 
the evaluation, the criteria that you use becomes more objective and relevant to how they invest their effort in the day-to-day activities of their role. So appraisals are really important because it gives people feedback on their progress and on their Mm. effectiveness. And many years ago, there was some research that showed one of the primary motivators of human behavior is progress, the need Mm. to see that my effort, if I invest my effort in this way, it makes a difference. And so performance appraisals and how they're carried out, it's important that they're objective, they're based on real measures because I have a chance, you know, that that way I've got a chance to actually achieve something. But if they're based on the subjective opinion of my leader and that opinion changed from what it was to what it is now, Mm. then it makes me feel like it doesn't matter what I do. My effort's not going to make a difference. So what's the point in even trying? Right. And in particularly, there's the one about, is it based on performance or favoritism? You know, because there's kind of like, well, do you just get a good review by being best buddies with the manager? And so it's not really about performance, about ingratiating yourself with them. And I guess this is people would deem the the suck up or something, you know, (laughs) right? They, they, They get the good appraisal, but it's not based on actual performance. No. And I think that there's a couple of ways in which that shapes, let's take that as an example, shapes culture. One is you've got people who are working hard and achieving and maybe exceeding expectations, getting the same sort of assessment as someone who has a good relationship, right? you know, and so there's no differentiation for recognising the effort or the quality of the work that someone's done. Mm. So I think that sends a message where, again, it doesn't really matter what you do. That's not what counts here. What Mm. counts is that you ingratiate yourself with the leader Mm. in order to get a good score. And in some organisations, the performance appraisals in many is still linked to remuneration. Yes. And, you know, I've been in that situation before where essentially, like, did I go into that session to learn anything or to take on feedback? Absolutely not. I was going in there with my case prepared and I was going to argue until I was blue in the face about why I deserved, you know, the top mark or whatever, because it linked to all sorts of opportunities uh, Absolutely, how it was done. And so it was more like I was a, a lawyer preparing my case rather than like a conversation. But to me, that, that picks up on your point from earlier that it's a good appraisal starts before the appraisal. We should have actually had this conversation 11 times already, you know, yeah. in our monthly check-in. The appraisal should not, like the actual official annual appraisal should not be a surprise to anyone because no. we've already talked about it 11 times. And I think sometimes the other thing that happens, the appraisal process can reflect the culture if a straight conversation isn't being had. So uh-huh. I can't tell you how many companies I've been in where the chief HROs or the business partners will kind of be in the groan zone with the fact that one or a few leaders have actually given everybody in their team a five out of five, which is well exceeds expectations rather than have a conversation with the people who genuinely did and the people who genuinely didn't because there's a reluctance to actually 
have that tough conversation. And so you've just inflated the currency. And so now it's worthless for the person who actually did, exactly. did work hard. You know, on the other side, on the flip side of that, organizations can fall into this trap is rating on the bell curve where yeah. someone in the team has to be a five and someone has to be a one. And so it's about relative performance rather than actual performance, Yeah, right? Because we might be in a team of high performance. And so, hey, maybe there's a few more fours and fives than you know, other teams or something. Well, maybe we're in a team of low performance for that matter. And there's yeah. no, maybe no one should get a five. But if we do that kind of ranking on a on a continuum, you know, it becomes a competitive message, right? To get a top mark, yes. I've got to yes. beat Corinne yep. rather than perform at my best. Yep. You know, so yep. it becomes I'm looking sideways. So should I help Corinne? Absolutely not. Because yep. that's going to help her, you get a leg up on me. So why would I do or that? Or if the way that I get a good rating is to be close with my manager, then that leads to approval-oriented right. behaviours. Right where I'm not really focused on doing the job very well, my energy is being invested in trying to stay on the good side of the manager, which is also Mm -hmm. conventional. Mm -hmm. So I think performance appraisals are, look, I'm always a bit personally a bit ambivalent about performance appraisals. I've been in this business and, you know, been in organisations for a long time and I've never seen a great performance appraisal, I've got to say. I think that we would be much better off as you said, having 11 conversations during the year about how you're Mm. going Mm. and helping people self-assess and find a different way of, you know, remunerating. Because I don't know that this has been particularly effective. There are too many ways to sort of fudge the system. But essentially, if it's working well, the reason it works well is it's because it's reinforcing where people should put their effort. Okay, mm. so you've told me that this is the goal, this is where I put my effort, and the appraisals has told me, great job, you've achieved it. Okay, mm. and so it increases the chances that I'm going to keep doing that behavior. But as I say, I think in a high performing constructive organizations, we need to encourage people to self assess so they're not looking and waiting on mm. authority to actually make that decision. So I think some suggestions for developing performance appraisals or performance management processes that are more constructive. I think before you even look at the appraisal, it's about your goal setting practice. And so that means actually making sure that you've got a participative goal setting practice, which means that the setting of the goals is a two-way street. Mm. And invariably in some organizations, you need people to achieve certain things, but the participative nature of the process means that you're able to explain why that KPI or goal's been set, what it's going to help to achieve, but you invite them Mm. to contribute to how that's set, what's set, and invite them to actually own it. That's the important thing. So participative goal setting is really important. I think the other thing that makes an appraisal process better or more constructive is that you're not waiting for the once a year or twice a year conversation to give Mm -hmm. people their feedback, Mm -hmm. that the feedback and the coaching happens every month, you know, in terms of more than once. It's in in the conversations that you have, in your WIP meetings, in your one-on-one conversations with people. So I think it's focused as much on feedback to help people learn and grow as it is on an event. You know, in terms of 
achieving a number. So I think an appraisal process or system. So I like the idea of it being a performance process, performance development process versus an appraisal system because appraisal is more event. I think the companies that have done this well tend to review the what, what you're focused on as well as the how. So the degree to which you've lived the values, the degree to which you've operate as a team member. And I think that that's really important. I mean, Lion was famous at one stage for seeing people who delivered great results, but created collateral damage by not living the values. They saw Mm. those people as needing improvement in Mm. their performance approval. Mm. So I think you've got to elevate the level at which you assess values if you have values, what you're saying is that how we do things is just as important. So that needs to be included. The other thing that some companies have done is to kind of even change the name. So instead of calling it a performance appraisal or performance management, it becomes an achievement review or achievement conversation, which is really about the emphasis then becomes on what I've been able to accomplish versus that kind of heavy, more heavy judgment and it should then feed into the de- the development plan for next year, you know, so yeah. we, yeah. we exceeded here but we we're short there or how do we shore that up by exactly training, yeah. support, whatever it is that they need. The other thing I was going to say is I think that the way that we do performance appraisals where we focus on the individual as if they're kind of, so the conversation happens one-on-one. Mm. Whereas I think what would be good to do, I've always liked the system where, say, the strategy set, operational plan set, business goals, then that cascades to a team goals. I always like the idea of the team having a workshop around what the team goals are, even before how do we go, how are we going to do it, Mm. and then that cascades into one-on-one. So then the individual sees themselves nested as part of a team, Mm. just nested within a division. And so by that way, you kind of build a line of sight because performance management and appraisal has become a way of judging individual. But really, what's important for the organization is that everybody's focused on achieving excellence. And how do we do that individually, as part of a team, as part of a division, as part of the organization? Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. I was going to jump back <laughs> for a second, which was we talked about the 11, 11 conversations so once a month. One tip I throw out there, because I see a lot of leaders who say, oh, Karun, like in our weekly catch up, we'll discuss yeah. it. But you never do. You never no. do because the yeah. tactical thing, crisis that's going on right now always crowds it out. So I always recommend ring fence one, you know, if you have a weekly catch up, ring fence one a month when we are going to have that longer-term development appraisal kind of conversation and protect it because otherwise the day-to-day urgent will always crowd it out in my experience. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's a way of leaders or or managers kind of putting it off. (laughs) So I think that's the the other thing is just sort of if you're in an achievement culture, you're just going to deal with it there and there. Hey, the other thing I was going to mention that I've seen is people sometimes will be like, oh, well, we're bringing in that new appraisal system, right? We've got the whiz-bang latest technology that's going to solve all our problems. And I hate to crack it to you, but it's not. Now, there's nothing wrong with that system. You know, it's awesome to have the latest software. I've got an app. Yeah, like, that's awesome. That's awesome to have. There's nothing wrong with that. But fundamentally, 
a good appraisal system is the conversation between you know the, the employee and their manager. We could do that with a notepad. Yeah, with a napkin. <laughs> or a napkin, you know, like we, we, hey, we've got these little diaries, you know, we keep one, that's our catch-up notepad or whatever. That's all you actually need, let's be honest. Yeah. Now, there's nothing, the systems are awesome and they cascade up and da-da-da, that's cool. But I guess what I'm trying to say is don't wait, like, oh, we can't do anything until we have the system. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. get a notepad <laughs> and have the conversation. That's Make what it simple. Make Just it simple. simple. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're my tips on the performance appraisals. I think it's really about the conversation, participation, including people and in setting their goals, making the conversations about feedback and learning and development rather than just judgment. Mm. Yeah, all, all over it. Should we jump then to reward and punishment? Maybe we take them together just because they're kind mm. of two sides of the same coin, I feel. Mm. So we can have a think about that. But, you know, re- so what gets rewarded, what gets punished around here? And some of the questions we ask under reward is, you know, my my manager will notice my good work or the flip side is it goes unnoticed. So no one will kind of notice. I'll be, I'll receive praise and then I'll get a bigger bonus or promotion based on performance. So on the reward side, on the punishment side is more, you know, I'll be punished I'll receive less desirable work to do if I make a mistake. So I'll be openly criticized or punished in some other kind of way. Or what we're looking for, the flip question, is I'll receive support to correct problems, which is what we, we want to have happen. So on those ones and kind of hearing the makeup of those, how do those shape, contribute to culture, Corinne? What do you reckon? I think it's similar, Dom, to what we've been saying. It's really around when you are recognized, your effort, so maybe you didn't achieve it, but you gave it 150% and your Mm. leader notices that and says, you know, we gave it our best shot and you couldn't have done any more. It was really fantastic. I like, you know, so when you are recognized for the effort you invested and the achievement, the outcomes that you've achieved, that makes us feel good. It's not about living for that. It's actually about feeling like I've been seen. I've been seeing my effort again. My effort has made a difference and I've been acknowledged for the investment of time, energy and effort and care that I've invested. So I think that that's why it's important. The reason it's called in, we are calling it reinforcement because the more often people feel recognized and valued and acknowledged, the more it supports them to keep doing what they're doing and to keep motivated to keep going even when times get tough. So I think that from a cultural point of view, when you recognize people's effort and energy and time and you validate it, you value it, A, you're demonstrating the values in action, humanistic encouraging, achievement, helping people to develop and grow. From the individual's point of view, you're also getting positive signals that makes you want to continue right. doing that behavior, do which is it. exactly do more of it, which is the reinforcement part. Yes. And like I often say, I think managers often under appreciate how much their recognition actually means to people. Mm. And it's not that people, you know, start doing cartwheels down the hallway or saying, you know, we all play it a bit cool, don't we? We're like, oh, yeah. But I think it actually, <laughs> I think it means. When you work hard on something, 
and your your leader notices, that means something to people. Yeah. And or, or let's flip it the other way. I work really hard on this thing, and no one seems to care or notice. Yeah. How motivated are you to keep doing it? You yeah. Know? Well, no, and I, I might mean, just coast. Yeah, and and I think sometimes we might still be motivated. You know, I get a lot of people that say. Self-motivated, yeah. I do it because it's important. I don't do it to get the recognition or you get leaders who say we try and do recognition but people don't want it, they feel embarrassed. I think that's all sure. But my experience is even if you do it quietly, that thanking, you know, essentially a thank you, not taking it for granted. So in an avoidance culture, if a company's got a high avoidance in the culture, one of the things that it indicates is that their effort and achievement of doing good things is taken for granted. Mm. And so it goes without recognition. And I think this goes back to what we were saying, Dom, in a prior podcast, or we might have said it earlier as well, is that human beings' fundamental motivation is to know that my effort matters. And one of the things that is a great motivator is the sense of progress, you know, Mm. and so recognition helps us feel like we're making that progress, we're moving, we're growing, we're unfolding. On the other hand, the flip side of that is the use of punishment. So, And what that measures is really how mistakes are dealt with by the organisation and the culture. So it's kind of uh, negative things happening in order to deter certain behaviours. But if it's perceived as unfair, you know, I've made a mistake and suddenly I've lost the project. Well, did I get the brief that I needed? Was I given the tools and the resources that I needed? So the use of punishment in this is looking at the degree to which if you make a mistake, you're publicly embarrassed. So this is called out. You are penalized by not spending, you don't get as much time with the leader or you lose access to Projects, you know, and sometimes in competitive, perfectionistic cultures, sometimes your reputation and your Im- image is so important that people are reluctant to speak up or reluctant to be take appropriate smart risks, take initiatives because they feel like if they got it wrong, it would be a career-limiting move, which is an example of a use of punishment. Mm. Yes, you know, like if I'm in an organization where, hey, there's not much upside if I get it right, I, you know, no no one notices, so there's no reward, but there's a whole lot of downside if I get it wrong, I'm going to get punished, then I'm not going to use my initiative. You know, the message I get is not use your initiative, make stuff happen, give it a go, get involved. It's stay out of it, hang back, wait to be told, follow the rules, don't get involved, pass it on to someone else or blame someone else for that matter. Yeah, right, that's the message I get. Sometimes I think with the some aggressive cultures, it's high reward, high punishment, both. Yeah. So it's like, hey, yeah. there's big upside yeah. and big downside. Yeah, you know, and so it kind of breeds a bit of recklessness. Well, and I think a little bit of avoidance as well, right? So mm. if you've got a big upside, big incentives, if you get it right, then I think your tendency is to probably set some safe goals that you know right. you'll deliver. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Lowball it. Yeah, you lowball it because you you got a, a high upside and a low downside. So, what's the best strategy? You know, in that is you set something that you know that you can deliver. It's not 
It's challenging but realistic goal, as would be <laughs> achievement, right? It's a low, yeah. low target. Yeah. So you know, punishment. What we're looking for is how do we address the problem and offer support and fix the problem, yeah. Rather than punishing people for it, even if I think you said it like. If it's unfair, even if it's fair, like, hey, I did yeah. make a mistake. Like, legitimately, yeah. I made a mistake and it wasn't a great thing that I did. Am I going to be punished for that? In mm. which case, it's like, oh, man, like, my risk-taking, cal- take calculated risks as a achievement item. That's going through the floor, right, if I'm going to get punished. But if it's like, hey, stuff went wrong and stuff goes wrong, so I'm not, I'm not advocating that we pretend like no one, there's never a problem. But we address the problem, fix it, learn from it, and continue moving rather than kind of wallow in it, like make someone wallow in it by putting them on Outcast Island or something, you know? Well, I agree. And I think the distinction is this. It's not about punishing them, but it is about consequences, you know? Mm -hmm. So if something is fair and I've had to offer correction, okay, then and it was fair enough, then that might be the consequence of the behavior. But the right. issue with use of punishment is that I openly criticize you, so I humiliate right. you. Right. Okay, I do yes. it in a public setting. Public shame. I punish you versus work with you to get through, to talk through the consequences and why, how to learn from it, but also to mm. own it, take yeah. responsibility. So yeah. I think that's the difference. Yeah. The difference we're not saying don't correct people right. when they're wrong. We're not saying don't talk to people when they've made a mistake. What we're saying is don't humiliate them when they've made a mistake. Right. Don't keep punishing them by penalizing them by forever missing a career opportunity because there was this one time mm. that was very Do you know what I mean? So yeah. the way that we talk about use of punishment in the diagnostics is really about the circumstances where it is punishing versus learning from mistakes, Mm. correcting or owning Mm. the consequences. You know, there's times when you make a mistake, it might feel embarrassing, but you don't want your leader to make that worse. Right. Right. They don't need to rub it salt into the wound. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. You know, I'm with you. It's not, yeah, it's not pretending that it's all sunshine and lollipops if it's not. Oh, you but, lost a million dollars. Oh, don't worry. It's We're oh, not wow. saying that. You know, Whatever. Like, yeah. You know, so I think it's really important to make a distinction. It's one of those things where people can go into black and white thinking. Yeah. So when they hear what we're saying about use of punishment not to do it, they're going to go, oh, so you mean I can't talk to somebody if they've gotten something genuinely wrong? Of course you can. But mm. what you're not looking to do is to shame them. Yeah, that's it. Because then they'll retreat into their shell. And here's the thing, not just them. You know, this is the cultural aspect because we yes. all see it. And 100%. it's like Corinne, you know, made a bit of a, a boo-boo over there and got nailed for it, you know. Yeah. So now oh, I'm not going to do it. It's like the, yeah. you know, like, I don't know, like the terrorists only need to shoot one person to make us all compliant, right? They don't yeah, need to shoot you. you know. like, and it goes to the psychological safety, right? Because on the one hand, we've just learned to lessen by seeing what happened to me, mm. that story uh-huh. goes like wildfire around my team. That one time. The division, mm-hmm. the one time, and it becomes folklore and it's contagious. So people start to contract the fear, the potential fear 
the negative repercussions of what will happen if they make a mistake. And then in the same breath, the organisation wants them to speak up, have a speak up culture, feel safe to challenge and ask questions. And so I think one of the really important things for leaders particularly is that they need to constantly realise that they're at a choice point. So you've actually got to really take a beat, think about your response because it just has such a wide arc in terms of the impact. Awesome. So those are our reinforcement systems. You know, so how do we reinforce the behavior we want to see, ideally, by having appraisals that are based on performance rather than favoritism or some other subjective kind of criteria, right? It's based on objective stuff. That is not just the once a year, prepare your case like I used to and argue your point, but actually it's an ongoing conversation that we should be having throughout the year, constant feedback, right? So we can adjust and learn. And you added in people should be able to self-assess as well, rather than just I'm turning up to the judge and perhaps executioner. But I think instead, it's very parent-child, right? Is it you does tell feel me, like that. You, yeah, tell, you me tell me what you do. Have I been a good Whereas, boy this year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would much rather that people sort of say, this is what I set for myself and this is what I've achieved, you know, and that we get people thinking about their own behaviour mm. performance. We didn't talk very much and so just quickly on ways to recognise and mm. reward. So I think the key, I think, to recognition reward is that there's a whole different range of ways. So what we've seen work in organisations is where there's kind of on-the-spot recognition, anything from thank you I love that. I love what you did. I know we didn't mm. go with it, but I thought it was a fantastic idea. So a thank you and acknowledgement through on-the-spot rewards. Some organisations have sort of movie tickets or vouchers that they give to people. Some organisations have started to build kind of loyalty systems, so you get X amount of points and then that builds up to being able to trade right. the points in. Right. But I think the idea is on-the-spot, so just-in-time recognition. The other element that's important is that you recognise teams as well as individual, particularly where you've held up teamwork and collaboration mm. as being a value so that there's a combination of recognition of teamwork as well as the individual work. There's rewards and recognition for living the values so that you continue to embed them. And I also think peer nomination. So not just being nominated by your manager, but encouraging people to nominate their colleagues so that I can nominate you, Dom. I don't have to. It could come from anywhere. Right. Yeah, I've seen that as well where they have like even the any of those reward systems you just mentioned actually about the points or the movie vouchers or whatever, but it can like we've got a budget to give to other teams like yeah. to spend on them. And here's the thing. It's not really about the movie tickets. No. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, but that's a token or a symbol of, of it, yeah. you know, of the recognition, oh. of the thanks. But I remember in one job, I um, my boss called me in and said, you've just done such an amazing job and I really want to recognize that. So they gave me some tickets to Rugby Union, Bledisloe. And Which I would I, love, but. I know, but at that time, I didn't even know what a Bledisloe was. So <laughs> when they said it was Bledisloe, I thought. I had to look it up. I didn't know what it was. But he was so excited that he was giving me these tickets. But you know what? 
it was tickets to the corporate box. So my then partner and I <laughs> trotted off. We thought, oh, we'll just go. And the first time I saw rugby, I thought it was the messiest game I'd ever seen. And the only thing that I could think of is why won't they let them get up and move with the ball? But I now love rugby union. <laughs> so it's funny the doors that open up. And for me, it wasn't, even though had I been given a choice, I might have chosen something else. But it was just the fact that they had taken the time. They thought of me. They'd taken the time and said, this is for you. I remember another time, the 2000 Olympics, there was a Korean delegation that was meant to come and do a tour of our facilities, our country facilities, and they missed their plane. And so we ended up with five tickets to the opening ceremony of 2000 Olympics in Sydney, Sydney. Australia. And so my boss said, you kind of work out a system for giving it out to people, which I'd done, but he'd only given me like four tickets to give out. And I thought, oh, well, he must be using it. And then he said, this one's for you because, you know, you're always giving things out. And and that was the fact that I didn't expect it Right, is where some of the glow comes from. Actually, that's a good point. The unexpectedness of yeah. it. It's one thing to watch out because the other thing we talked about was like bonuses. I can get a, a bonus or a pay rise. Now, we want to recognize performance and we want to recognize it in monetary value if we can. The watch out, I think, is that the way a lot of organizations have their bonuses set up is that it gets built into the baseline. Like, I'm expecting the bonus, and if I don't get it, I'm disappointed. Do you know what I mean? And so it's, I think it's, it can work I think better it's when it's. Yeah. I think it's interesting, Dom, because I think a lot of organizations, it's not actually built into the baseline, but people get it so automatically right. that it feels like it is. So then exactly. when it's taken away, yes. yeah, I agree. But I, I love, I think it's the unexpected, you know, because neurologically we get a hit of dopamine when we receive something positive that's unexpected, you know, and yet when we've got expectations that aren't met, just drops. You know, and I know like there's commission-based things and stuff, so you can keep the commission, but like any bonus on top of that, like make it a bit of a surprise. I guess yeah. is what I'd say, yeah. you know. I think that has more impact if you can. Look, not every job can be set up that way. I know certain organizations can't give things like bonuses and, and whatnot, but something to think about. Cool. I think that's uh, that's it for those reinforcement systems, you know. So have a think about the way we appraise. Is it based on that objective criteria or something else? Now, how do we reward and recognize the behaviors we want to see? How do we support when people fall short rather than kind of publicly shame and punish and humiliate or something like that? How do we help them get back on track, which might be a respectfully straight conversation, but it's not about punishing them per se. That's what we're looking for. Such awesome, a great Corinne. summary. Thank well you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I feel recognized right now. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Corinne. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Culture Bites. If you enjoy the show, remember to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, leave us a review. It helps other people to find the show. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, email podcast at human-synergistics.com.au. We'd love to answer it. This podcast is copyrighted by Human Synergistics Australia. All rights reserved. To learn more about what we do, visit human-synergistics.com.au.